Hello and welcome to another episode of Change of Directions. This is a podcast with myself, Nicole Scott, and Don Dahlman. Trucks are in the center of attention today. When we look at where hydrogen and the fuel cell are going to be used, it is in the imminent future. It is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. Hello, Nicole. We know that companies like Daimler, Volvo or Hyundai are investing into hydrogen-powered trucks, but also startups uh, are coming onto the scene. They have a ch or they see a chance for themselves by providing the new technologies to customers. And because they are smaller and more agile, they can develop quicker and deliver the trucks earlier to customers compared to the traditional manufacturers. We've already spoken with the CEO of Nikola, but today we wanted to focus on a German company, Quantron. They're focusing on battery electric vehicles and hydrogen trucks, buses, small delivery vehicles, and even garbage trucks. For some reason, I really like those fellas. <laughs> and they've actually been pretty successful. We've spoken with the CTO of the company, Rene Christopher Woolman, and he explained to us what Quantron does differently and why they're already so successful. Before we start talking about hydrogen, we wanted to ask you how you got started in the company. My name is Ronald Wollmann. I'm the CTO of Quantron and the board member as well since a few weeks now. And uh, actually, my way to Quantron was through Michael Perschke, the actual CEO of, of Quantron. And he, at that point in time, introduced me to Andy and uh, Herbert, so the two founders of Quantron. And at that point in time, I was in a, working in a completely different business. I was in a sports car business, which is for sure different to uh, to commercial vehicles. And to be honest, it took Andy and Herbert just one and a half hours to turn me into a commercial vehicle guy, I must say. And then this is by their pure passion, by their vision, and uh, for sure by this marvelous team we have here. So this is so much different to what I'm used to. And yeah, this this is, I would say, this is a story how, how I came to this marvelous place. How, how, how are you able from like a technical perspective to build two different energy, you know, sources essentially? into the same chat envelope yes i mean for for sure for, for battery electric if it's purely battery electric vehicle then you have uh, normally more batteries you need to cope with uh, so the, the the package space is pretty much used and for the for the batteries you need to put in place and when we talk about fuse electric vehicles you still have high voltage battery is way smaller and the and the space it makes available from the bigger batteries you use then for um for the hydrogen tanks, for sure, the, the fuel cell on its own has also a certain space aspects we need. And then it, then it whether, let's say, the efficiency excellence engineering starts. So you can do it very, very good and, and very, very efficient, let's say. Or, or, you, or you can really uh, do it in a, in a way where you throw available components just in a vehicle, but you will never get to a very, how should I say, appreciated product. And I guess we at Crunchon, we I would say with a... We, we cracked at least uh, the code for getting all the necessary components inside the frame, so inside the chassis, that there is no component which, which hurts, let's say, bodybuilders or which, which needs a completely different operation from the driver or the, or the fleets. Quantron has two versions of their garbage truck. Why should a company be interested in a hydrogen-powered garbage truck when you also have a battery electric version? Where are the benefits for your customers? I mean, um, on, 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 let, let me call it a niche. For sure it's not, but, but let, let me call this garbage truck a niche right now. There is, um, their battery electric vehicle truck would do all the job necessary. So we, we, have, we have one hour portfolio as well. So with 280, 300 kilowatt hours, you would be completely okay for a single shift 
with normal operations in, in the in, in the city for you sure, for sure if you have more regional uh, um, uh, commuting between as well then 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 it could be that that 300 kilowatt hours is is not so sufficient anymore but then let's say at latest 350 kilowatt hours is then it would would do for sure the job but why is it still interesting on the hydrogen side because potentially you would say a better electric vehicle is is more cost competitive so therefore why would you look at hydrogen some uh, some of our clients uh, especially and now i need to find the the english word for it so the facilities where garbage is then burned or whatever it's going to do, do with it so they have potential to generate hydrogen out of the process so with the garbage they could produce their own hydrogen and some do already and then for sure the, the the business for them is way more straightforward if they use this hydrogen coming out of the process and fill their vehicles when they when they when they lift off the, the the hydrogen over there so it makes more sense for a customer to buy a hydrogen truck then but there, therefore we need to move a bit slightly away from the garbage truck kind of uh, uh, the process because it is very no that is good so it's, it's, it's very so th th this is really very uh, very special as you have some facilitator having their own hydrogen stuff like that but let's let's now talk about typical logistic companies maybe with a bigger fleet and they would like to transform into zero emission kind of activities um and, and vehicles let's say especially on a, in long haul because long haul the only chance in a heavy duty truck for example is hydrogen with better electric vehicle you're not going to come anywhere close whether it's payload or range or you name it so and and right now to transform for the bigger companies their biggest problem is that for sure the vehicles are way more expensive than diesel trucks then and this is what i can understand they are a bit afraid of technology because actually everything is fairly new to them then it's from a cost perspective, a different driver. And also if we tell them, yeah, the whole thing lasts longer and let's say your depreciation time is longer, so it will pay back at a certain point in time. Normally those, uh, normally our customers, they, how they, how they uh, fund, let's say themselves, or how they invest them, uh, themselves into new technologies, even at that least, that is different, let's say, what they need to do with us. So this, these are the two big hitters. And then the last one for sure, which makes them a bit, uh, stepping back uh, from from their from their willingness to to immediately jump into it is for sure that there's no infrastructure. So it, and uh, Andy um, Andy had that view f already quite early and said, okay, but how can we help them? Because uh, as as Michael will also tell you later a bit about, and um, we are very customer centric, right? So we are not trying to do this one single ha halo project. We really want to uh, make sure that customers can transform into the remission super quickly. That we don't need to develop everything by our own. We take what is there, what is good, and just integrate our bits and pieces to make it successful, let's say. So I'm com coming back now, now to the topic, uh, therefore, Andy, so how can we help the client to overcome this problem? And this is when the idea was born, okay, we know the technology is good. We know that uh, even if the investment at the beginning is higher, it will pay back over time because you have a longer, longer lasting uh, te technology. And uh, we know how to, or we know how or with whom we, we, can, we can overcome this infrastructure challenge. But the client doesn't know. They, they, are not, they, they don't need to know it because they, this is not their field of business. And then this platform business was, was born. So we said, why can we not offer a customer in a pay-per-use kind of model, including infrastructure, including truck, including the, the risk, which is not there, but for the client maybe, of the technology and also, let's say, the, the high capex. And then, then the quantum service was born.
A hydrogen truck is more expensive compared to a BEV or a diesel truck. But will running cost for a hydrogen truck also be higher? Uh, will the maintenance cost more? More than a battery electric truck, but less than a, comb than, than a combustion engine or a diesel truck. Yeah, because the fuel cell needs certain maintenance uh, after a certain amount of time. Uh, I mean, this also comes down to us how we're going to uh, do the do the service concept of the truck, so which we take care of, right? But yes, it has, it has a, a certain maintenance to be done, but way less than diesel. A challenge for BEV trucks is how to maintain the allowed payload for a truck. BEV trucks have a large and heavy battery whose weight is calculated on the total permissible weight. The maximum permissible weight is 44 tons, but BEV trucks have to make concessions here. There are also challenges with the overall length. How do you create a package that competes with the diesel truck? So, um, I mean, maybe maybe I should start in, in Europe because it's very specific and this is where the challenge begins. In, in Europe, we try often to do very challenging things, right? And also on these truck kind of, kind of, uh, uh, kind of challenges. So... In, in, in Europe, the regulation is regulated from tractor unit and trailer together, the length of it. I, I tell you that because that it, it becomes very important after a few sets. So they go very down to the limits, uh, to the 16 and a half meter limit, with which we have on, on European roads, by what they're doing today already. So if you now try to move the kingpin, so that the kingpin is there where the trailer meets the truck, If you move it just a few centimeters backwards, you're running out already uh, of, of these legal, legal six and a half meters. So that means actually the aim should be for, for everybody who tries to integrate something in a, in a tractor unit um, to not do that. But the problem is, and this is why we made our hands dirty on FCV heavy-duty trucks, there is no concept right now in the world who solves that problem on the 44-ton tractor unit. There is, there is no concept and, and therefore clients came to us even even if you would come with your platform and even if you would onboard the products available today, they, there are no products I can use because I need always a spe special exemption in length for every run I do, for every ride they do. They may be not even going to make the, the Biokraftkreis or this is these roundabout uh, uh, standards. Because they maybe run trailers which are not which are not steered, and so on and so forth. And then and then we said, okay, we need to package everything in the existing space today and leave the kingpin where it is. And this is exactly uh, what what we have done. So we package the tanks not behind the cabin, what a lot of others are doing, because with that, when you put something behind the cabin, so that it, 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 you need to you need to move, let's say, the the kingpin backwards, and that means the overall and, and the overall length is too long. So therefore, we packaged all our tanks inside inside the the, the chassis. Now you can say, but there is no space. Yeah, but this is where you need to do a, a, do a, do a bit more engineering stints, and this is maybe where where uh, my or we have a few uh, few guys out of my team coming from from sports car or sports car near kind of past, where they are very much used to to go to the very large millimeter in the vehicle. So we didn't do that that crazy because we have a lot of bending components in the truck. So we We did it all right, right? But uh, where we spent a bit more efforts on it, how all the components package-wise fit together. So we have four tanks in, tanks in total. We have the voltage battery, which is designed around the tanks. We have the fuel cells taking up very nicely to, to the tanks. So from a length perspective, we have then a very, very, uh, um, I would say, well-developed cooling system at the front. But yeah, for sure, you have not half a meter space in, between those components. We needed to... 
uh, do a bit of magic, let's say here and there, to come to such a package uh, envelope. And this is the only solution right now on the planet which solves the problem. That's coming from us. What still needs to happen in the development of the fuel cell? What technology breakthroughs must occur for the fuel cell to become more efficient and successful? Um, I mean, let's let at the moment focusing more on the on the commercial vehicle side because I I think that uh, there will be a niche on passenger vehicles maybe as well. But I guess we see that we are okay with battery electric vehicles so far. And when we talk about gaseous tank systems, you have a very big wall thickness of those tanks. In a passenger vehicle, the tanks need to be very small, so that the wall thickness sometimes is bigger than the the diameter of the available, uh, let's say, tank really where 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 hydrogen can 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 fit right. So, um, but from a commercial vehicle perspective, I would for sure say that it makes sense to invest now because products are literally all there. So there there is no lack of te- technology or solutions anymore. The only thing which is missing is volume, because with volume the prices drop so significantly. That that it that that it becomes a real uh, a real proper how should I say um, solution for for the zero emission trans- transformation. Therefore, invest now. Make sure that, that 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 the volume goes up because then there we could be way way earlier there. It's not a question of technology left. So the technology is all there. there. There's nothing which needs to be new invented. That was a super interesting interview uh, with uh, Mr. Volman, and I like the idea and the approaches they have, the thinking behind the whole concept. So they're not only thinking, you know, either or, uh, like either BVs or, or hydrogen trucks. They think more as a as a ecosystem. You're completely right. That was the most interesting thing that we learned about, you know, looking at what each city geography or municipality is set up to use and not forcing hydrogen onto anyone, just kind of saying, you know, whatever works best for you, we're able to serve, you know, you the proper vehicle. And in this way, they're actually able to kind of become the perfect industry partner for a greater number of cities, municipalities, and companies out there. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, not only for them, of course, because they can sell more trucks, but it makes also more sense for the for the clients, for the customers. Uh, as he mentioned, when you have a garbage facility that already produces hydrogen out of garbage, which is possible, as we know, then it makes totally sense to produce your own hydrogen for your own hydrogen truck. You save a lot of money with that. Um, when you don't have that, or when you have, you know, smaller... Um, distances to cover uh, for your garbage truck, then it also makes totally sense to use a battery electric vehicle. But what uh, what I also like uh, is that they have this idea of offering the customer a whole package when it comes to a hydrogen truck. So it's this pay-per-use model that seems to be the way to go at the moment. Uh, Hyundai is doing it with their trucks in, in, in Switzerland. And other uh, companies are also thinking about pay-per-use models. Nikola also, I think, in Canada, they're, they're doing something similar. And it, and it just makes sense for, for the customer because you just get the truck and you don't have to worry about maintenance. You don't have to worry about hydrogen and everything. You just pay for what you actually use. And this makes, I think... For the customer, makes it way more easier to transition from diesel trucks to to hydrogen. Especially in geographies where the hydrogen is being incentivized to use, and they're making the 
use of the hydrogen truck the same cost as the use of the diesel truck. But I think the biggest problem that hydrogen is going to be running into over the first few years is what we saw happen during the war, because the price of hydrogen is coupled to the price of electricity. And this, this seems to be the biggest issue overall in the entire industry is that the price of hydrogen skyrocketed instead of this trend downwards where it was getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because renewable energy was getting cheaper, cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, but you have the same problem for, for battery electric trucks because the, the, um, electric, uh, the price for electric energy went up so much, uh, also in Germany, like it doubled in, in a couple of months. And so the running costs for your battery electric trucks also will double or doubled in, in, that, in that case. And yeah, with hydrogen, it's the same problem in most countries because it has a fixed price, as you rightfully say, that is coupled to the electric um, power price. And for me, that never made any sense. Um, they mm -hmm. did it because, you know, they want to make it like competitive or not too competitive to, to, uh, to other stuff. And it never made sense to me because what you want to have is cheap hydrogen. Green hydrogen, cheap green hydrogen. I'm I'm totally fine if they put a CO2 a CO2 price on on uh, gray hydrogen uh, or um, brown hydrogen, like the one that you use from oil or gas or something. I'm totally fine if you put a CO2 a CO2 price on it um, because it makes no sense to use this kind of hydrogen, and you need to incentivize producing green hydrogen. But the moment you have green or blue hydrogen, you should have a lower price and it should be significantly lower than diesel or gasoline. Yeah, I mean the focus still still does have to be that we have low carbon hydrogen and I think that the technology over the last few years is is advancing in such a quick way that there are so many more methods about making low carbon hydrogen than there were just even four or five years ago. So decoupling the price of hydrogen from the electricity price, I think is just something that should happen, uh, that government policy should sort of move in that direction. But I'm hoping it doesn't take too long for everyone to realize that's the way it needs to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, one thing about Quantron and, and this uh, particular case is what really impresses me when, I'm, uh, when we were in Augsburg, uh, where they have their headquarter and where they're building all these machines is they are really invested in it and they really believe in it. And when I saw the facilities they have and how advanced they also are in terms of production um, facilities, uh, I thought like, wow, this is like one of the first things where I think a hydrogen truck really has a chance. I mean, for most companies, you know, like Daimler, Volvo, Hyundai, a hydrogen truck is just a little... Play, play field if you want to say it like you know they they just do it on on the on the side more or less um not saying that they are not investing in it and not uh, that it's not serious about it but it's not their main focus but at quantron you could see that's their main focus and th and this is i think a huge advantage for them because they are focusing on the bev and, and hydrogen trucks and they're developing the technology they're working together with partners that have the technologies And, in, and and developing new technologies for it and i think this is a this is a huge advantage for companies like contra and i was actually really impressed by by what they are doing 
And I think the one thing that everyone should really remember about Quantron that really makes them stand out is the fact that they were able to put their hydrogen tanks sort of in the base of, of the vehicle, whereas, say, Hyundai or others have put them on the back, so behind the cabin. And the, the reason why this is so significant is that in Europe, the total length of the, the truck at the front and the trailer is predetermined, and you cannot be one centimeter or one inch longer. So... Quantron is actually able to put their trucks on the road to, for use with existing trailers. And this is very significant because most of the, all the other trucks on the market would require a specific new different change a trailer or a change in regulation. And I think we're going to see, you know, keeping the existing trailers, which are in the hundreds of millions or billions out there. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to see a change in legislation, you know, I think we're just going to be using the existing stock that's out there. So I think that this is like really what's going to like what's making them stand out in the market. Yeah, it was super interesting to visit uh, Quantron and was super interesting to talk to René Christopher Wollmann about all of that and and listen to his uh, very enthusiastic words uh, that you just listened also to. So it was a pleasure again to talk to you, Nicole, and it was a pleasure to to um, give you this information. Uh, what Quantron is doing, uh, have a look at them. Uh, check out their website. They have also like some interesting white papers about hydrogen that you can read there. So do that. Um, yeah. Uh, also, listen to our other podcast. We talked to the CEO of uh, Nikola, Michael Loscheller, a couple of weeks ago. And we have more CEO talks coming up uh, for our podcast. And you will be amazed what you hear from the CEO of Cummins Diesel and what they are doing in terms of hydrogen. So have a great day and see you next time. Bye.